welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Does anyone know what today is? It's Sunday, that's true. Very good. Trinity Sunday. Yes, we're back to white. Red is gone until next year. It is Trinity Sunday. We celebrate our triune God. Three parts of God as one united triune God. We're going to focus on a proverb today as, as our Trinity Sunday focus. And Proverbs is one of the most clear wisdom literature books in all of Scripture. The whole Bible is wisdom literature. And if you're unfamiliar with that term, ooh, come to Bible study. I'll tell you all about it because wisdom literature is incredible. And when you read Scripture in that way, it offers so much. So in the proverb, wisdom is the main character presented as a woman. Should we be surprised? Saying wisdom in Hebrew, you could say it with me, it's chakmah. I know there's some sign of stuff going there. We can finish that. Chakmah. It's a feminine word. In Greek, we have Sophia. Feminine. Wisdom is personified as a woman. Apart from God, but also with God, from God, is God. I could spend all day on that sentence alone. I won't do that to you. But we hear, we're going to hear in the proverb that wisdom was created or acquired by God. Much debate has been had over that word. Sometimes we use the word begat or begotten. And again, we could spend all day. And there's been many books written and there have been church divisions over that word. I kid you not. We don't need to get hung up on the personification or on that particular word. The point of the story isn't to get focused on any particular detail. That's not how wisdom literature works any more than, and I'm not comparing the two as if they're the same thing, but when we hear a parable or a fable, if you get caught up in the details of the characters, you miss the whole point. Amen? We won't hear the entire passage today from Proverbs. The middle section in our lectionary is cut out. I don't know. I trust there's wisdom there. But it basically says this in the middle part. We meet Lady Wisdom, and she says, if you want to live well, if you want to be strong, if you want to know of the true and good fruit of life, trust in me. She says that, not me. The beginning of the passage and the end basically offer the same message. But before we read it, Let's understand there was another chapter that came right before this one, Proverbs chapter 7. A story is told of another woman. Perhaps you know who I'm referring to. This woman uh, is someone whose husband is traveling out of town for a while, and so she wanders the streets looking for young men. That's this woman. She is not an Israelite in the story. She's not faithful to anyone or anything. Again, don't get hung up on the details. Um, We receive this painted picture of an aggressively uh, focused woman. 
approaching young men and calling out to them and saying, come and join me in the bedroom, is what she's saying. Oftentimes, this kind of language, this kind of imagery in Scripture is talking about faithfulness to God. There is the, of course, wisdom to be had in taking it literally, but oftentimes it's talking about faithfulness or faithlessness in God. And so the end of the chapter warns that this woman leads and has led many to death. Again, it's personified. She's not an Israelite woman. Anyone here a non-Israelite woman? Okay, it's not talking about you. We don't take it literally as its furthest meaning. We'll miss a lot. I would say what's personified in this woman is reaction. Reaction. If you follow the whim of the moment, what you want to do right now without thought, if you pursue the desire immediately in front of you, if you leap without looking, things rarely go well. And I get an amen. And if you need to think about it before you respond, I understand. So the end of chapter 7, I want to read to you with the word reaction and for the possessive for her, whether it's her or she. It says this, Don't turn your heart to reaction's ways. Don't wander down reaction's paths. Reaction has caused many corpses to fall. Reaction has killed many people. Reaction's house is a path to the grave going down to the chambers of death. Would we disagree? Anyone here struggling with reaction? Whether you're the reactor or the one being reacted to, anyone here overcome by reaction lately? Let's be honest. We're having conversations. Somebody says something you don't agree with. You pass by and people are talking not even to you and you overhear them. You're scrolling through Facebook and you see what that person said or you turn on the news. Have you had trouble with reaction lately? And maybe you've been a little harnessed in it, but whoever you're reading, listening to, hearing, probably not. My goodness, we like to react in our culture, don't we? We are so charged up and it's not a new thing been this way for a long time. It's just we're exposed to it immediately these days. I can tweet my reaction and suddenly anyone that's following me can see it. Before, I may have to track people down and tell them what I really thought, right? It's harder to react. If you have to track people down, then you have time. I can tweet immediately. In fact, we, we go up to people, right? And we try to catch them off guard to get their reaction to then turn it and use it against them. Have you seen this method before? Have you been a victim of it? Have you been someone who's done it to someone else? People react on live TV. They react on social media. People react to events that have happened uh, before we know much about what it is that actually happened. That happens all the time. You can predict it. It's become such a routine. When we live a life of reaction, Don't you feel like life is kind of taken out of you? It wears you down. It wears you out. You start to feel a little hopeless about the things around you. You start to feel exhausted, overwhelmed, and overcome by a life surrounded, immersed in reaction. Everyone on the planet knows how to react, yes? Relationships are damaged all the time by unbridled reaction and the embrace of whim. 
So now we come to Proverbs 8. So let's hear, let's hear that chapter. Doesn't wisdom cry out, and understanding shout? Atop the heights along the path, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. By the gate before the city, at the entrances, she shouts, I cry out to you, people. My voice goes out to all of humanity. The Lord created me at the beginning of his way, before his deeds long in the past. I was formed in ancient times, at the beginning, before the earth was. When there were no watery depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs flowing with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before God made the earth and the fields or the first of the dry land, I was there when he established the heavens, when he marked out the horizon on the deep sea, when he thickened out the clouds above, when he secured the foundations of the deep, when he set a limit for the sea so that the water couldn't go beyond his command, when he marked out the earth's foundations, I was beside him as a master of crafts. I was having fun, smiling before him all the time, frolicking with his inhabited earth, and delighting in the human race. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your holy word that we find in Scripture that we hear among us, that we hear within us. I ask your spirit to move. Speak to us. Speak through me in spite of me. May we hear you in spite of ourselves. Lord, we seek you and you alone, and may this be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Amen. So the opposite of reacting is, I tried to help you out, responding, yeah. Response only comes through lady wisdom if we follow the proverb, our beloved Chakma, our blessed Sophia. As Christians, we understand wisdom as it comes to us in the Holy Spirit, and is personified in Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom, the word, and flesh. That's not how this proverb was written, but that's how we read it. That's how we understand it. So it's, it's easier to think, if it's easier to think of lady wisdom as Christ, do so. Or the Holy Spirit, do so. You should. But the focus here is about the life that wisdom offers. Responding to the world around us. The young man approached by the lonely woman in chapter 7 would do better to stop, collect his thoughts, quiet his body, and then exercise wisdom in response. Yes? We'd all do better to do these things too instead of reacting. We would all do better to collect our thoughts, settle our bodies and our emotions, and sometimes you may not even realize you're tight gripped when someone has said that thing and, oh, my knuckles are white again. I better. And then exercise wisdom. The end of this passage lifts up the trustworthiness of wisdom. That's what all these final verses are about. She was there at the very beginning before the depths were even created from which everything else was created. She was brought forth. And how is she envisioned in this passage? If you think of wisdom, do you think of serious? Sophia. 
Is that how she's personified? Do you remember? No. No, she was beside God like an assistant. It says, quote, having fun, smiling before God all the time, frolicking with the earth, delighting in the human race. Happy are those who listen to me, she goes on to say. Those who seek me out, they find me, and thus they find life. It's quite a wonderful image of wisdom, isn't it? We know what reaction looks like. Perhaps you felt like doing this to me this morning. Are you having fun in life, friends? Are you finding joy? Are you participating in creating new life? Are you putting your passions and your desires, are you bursting forth and giving to the world out of your abilities? Have you been frolicking in your living lately? Have you been delighting in the human race? Which ones, right? Are you happy? Are you seeking wisdom? It's trendy these days to react. Whenever anything is said or done, it's popular to say something about it right away, and in fact, they shove microphones in the face of people and want them to react. Buffalo, Uvalde, Tulsa. Do we have a gun problem or a people problem? Look at the wisdom. No one said a word. That was wisdom. Wisdom also says it's both. It's both. Our reaction may be to choose a side because we've been there, right? We know what colors we wear. We know where the team is, and when they need us, we will be there and we will shout the team's proclamations. The world is full of reaction. We as the church are to live differently than that. We're not to wear any of the colors of any other group. We are to be dressed in Christ alone, donning the robes of wisdom in all that we say and do. What the world needs right now are not reactors. They need responders. When it comes to situations of physical danger, when it comes to pandemic, we want first responders. Amen? And thank God for first responders. Yes? When it comes to situations of spiritual upheaval, we need wise responders, church responders, wisdom responders. We need responders who will stop and take a breath because we all get wrapped up. It's part of human nature. Jesus flipped tables, for goodness sake. It's human. Stop, take a breath, settle, say a prayer. Sometimes the prayer is, Lord, may your spirit have your arm around my shoulders and your hand over my mouth. But invite wisdom to be part of your process. We need responders who will know what it is to listen while not thinking of what they're going to say. We need those who will listen to instruction from the Spirit. Those who know how to have fun in this great and wide world of God's creation and see the beauty and the joy and not let it be overwhelmed. We we need to know how to frolic with creation. You are being charged to frolic, friends. We need to know how to delight in the human race. All of them. We need responders who know how to turn away from lady reaction and instead seek lady wisdom. The church needs wise responders now as much as ever. 
I'm grateful for the wise responders over the last few days at annual conference. There were reactions and there were responses. And we found our hope in the responses, didn't we? You know which of these bore fruit between the reactions and the responses? You can guess. Even when people didn't agree with each other, there was wisdom in some of these responses that was just beautiful. I'm so glad God doesn't react to us, and I get an amen. I'm so glad God doesn't react to me. Thank you, Lord. Our God is a responder. Always, always has been, always will be. Our God responds, our Lord, the Son, responds, and our Helper, the Spirit, responds. Our triune God responds in our lives to give us life, to begin with, to love us, to guide us, to forgive us, to nurture us, and to call us to be image bearers of that wisdom. So let us seek out wisdom at all times. Let me say that again. You could say it with me. Seek out wisdom at all times. Let us stop. Slow down. Let us remember to frolic and take delight in our earth and fellow humans to seek wisdom first that we may respond instead of react, that we may keep our eyes firmly focused on the value of human unity. There is triune God, which is three united. Let us be people united and answer Christ's prayer that we may all be one. Let us remember that our world may come to know a better way if we simply accept the call and respond. We can show them a wiser way, God's way, that we may become a source of life for others in our own wisdom that's given to us, that they may see God's wisdom through us, they may hear it in our words, that we may be life just as God has been life for us. Amen? Amen. We thank you for joining us today, and it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com. 